You're listening to the 12 Days of Crusade Miss 2021, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. Hey, what's going on over there? Pat! Oh, oh hey, hey, Clinton. Um, I'm just kind of looking around for some Christmas lights to put up. As Christmas is here, we're getting ready. I'm going to be finding some Christmas lights to put on the roof, get everybody to help me out. Um, but I can't seem to find any. Uh, do you remember where I put them from last year? No. I'm. Gosh, I thought you were down here to record Fan Film Fridays. but Oh, um, yeah. Well, uh, well, I just got to get these lights up as soon as I can. And then I can come back down. And... I mean, all I've got down here right now are parts to Sky Strikers. Um, oh, oh, pretty sure Jared said something about you know smashing them out of frustration. But okay, what, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, we got to declutter. I, I did tell him we need to kind of clean up the basement a little bit. It's getting a little too much stuff down here, and, it, and obviously I can't find anything. But you know what? If you could do me a favor with those Sky Striker parts. If you want to start to kind of string them together, we can make like a little holiday, you know, Sky Striker garland that we Ooh, could put around. Yeah. I think Jason might like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. I can do that. Hey, that that, that gives me an idea. Sky Strikers go up in the air. Lights they do. you can see in the sky. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Rick has those lights because oh. they go up in the attic. Plus, you know, Rick comes down here and steals stuff all the time. Oh, well, you may want to talk to... Laura about that from HR. Yeah, yeah. Talk to I her need about to file that. a grievance. Yeah, yeah. I'll mention something up at the party, and we'll talk Wait, about it. Party? Is that what oh. that noise is? Oh, no, don't worry about it, Clint. Uh, thanks for the advice. I'm going to run up and see what's going on in the attic, if I can find the lights up there. Thanks. Hey, Rick, uh, Clinton said you might know where the Christmas lights are. He said they might be somewhere up here in the attic. Do you know? Oh, Rick's not here. I wonder where he is. He must be out getting some more movies or something like that. I'll just take a look around. Hmm, nothing here, but oh, there's a door that goes to the upper attic. I'm going to check out that. Hmm, it's kind of dark up here. Oh, there's something back there, some boxes way back there. I wonder what's back here. Let me start digging around here. Hey, anybody here? Just want to let you guys know I picked up the mail already. Pat, you got another copy of Strawberry Shortcake Quarterly. Weird freak. Anyways, I'm leaving all the mail on the counter here, okay? Whistling in the dark, whistling in the dark, whistling. Hey, that's odd. I'm sure that I closed the door to the attic before I left last time. That's kind of odd. Huh. What was that noise? Someone closed the door. I'm locked up here. Oh, no! Woo! Somebody done been to the Walmart. Man, that's just the stuff I got for Christmas. Well, you cleaned up. What'd you get? Five flannel shirts. Four big mud tires, three shotgun shells, two hunting dogs, and some parts to a Mustang GT. You fool, you got Jeff first 12 days to Christmas. I know that, I got it covered. Look over in the corner. That's yours too? Yeah, 12 pack of Bud, 11 wrestling tickets, 10 of Copenhagen, 9 years probation, 8 table dancers, 7 packs of Red Man, 6 cans of Spam. Woo! 
my tires, three shotgun shells, two hunting dogs, and some parts to a Mustang GT. Man, these ain't normal Christmas presents. No, they're redneck gifts. Redneck gifts? Yeah, you know, like if you buy your wife earrings that double as fishing lures, or if you can burp the entire chorus of Jingle Bells. Perhaps if you think the Nutcracker is something you did off the high dive. Or if you've ever misspelled anything in Christmas lights. Or if you leave cold beer and pickled eggs for Santa Claus. What's wrong with that? I didn't say anything wrong with it. It's hard to beat. Twelve pack of Bud, eleven wrestling tickets, ten of Copenhagen, nine years probation, eight table dancers, seven packs of red men, six cans of bath. Seven defenders defending. Hello and welcome to the seventh day of the 12 Days of Crusade Miss for 2021, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. The 12 Days of Crusade Miss is our gift to the podcast community to celebrate the holiday season. And we're celebrating this joyous season by sharing with you some comic book titles that may have gotten by you in the past. Each day of the 12 Days of Crusade Miss will bring you a hidden gem of a comic series brought to you either by one of our holly jolly co-hosts or one of our podcast celebrity guests until we get all the way to December 25th, Christmas Day. I am your host for the seventh day of Crusademus. You can call me the dark web of Christmas. I might come back and haunt you at one point. And here are the three ghosts of Christmas past joining me for today's unwrapping. First up, how can we forget him he is just a vital, important part of the team. He is Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Cristados. Pat, how's it going? Hey, guys. Guys, help. I'm locked up here in the attic. Anybody? Hey, guys. Oh, man. They can't hear me. Pat? Uh, uh, Delvin. Uh, huh? huh? Pat, he's outside. He's doing the decorating, you know, uh-huh. you know, yeah. we all promised we'd help him. We all knew it was a lie when we made the promise. Of course. So yeah, uh, if we, we should probably keep our voices down a little bit because we told him we wouldn't record without him, but uh, he's out there playing literal reindeer games right now. <laughs> and, you know, in the spirit of the holidays, I say, screw him. Let's move on. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did. Did you understand that when we said without him, we meant like Jason? We were that was the him we were talking about. Yeah, we were I, talking. There was definitely a mix-up somewhere, but mm. as long as the decorations get done, we should not rock this boat. Okay, fair enough. Well, since we have you on the horn, let's introduce to everyone Jared Albrecht, aka the yard sale artist. If you're nice to him, you can call him Delvin. Merry Christmas, Jerry. Merry Christmas, Delvin. And some people call me the Christmas probe, and some people are not on board with that at all. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> pick your poison. Uh, I didn't do my due diligence and bring a bad Christmas joke tonight. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I didn't do it. Because um, hmm. tonight, I just want to be left alone and sleep. I feel like I'm just like a bottle of rage and, and just anger and, and just... I just want I just want to be left alone and sleep, man. Just as long as I sleep, everything's gonna be okay. Jason, help me out. This is a movie reference and I'm not getting it. It's a reference to tonight's issue. I'm being the Hulk. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, in, in that case, here's some milk. It definitely doesn't have drugs in it. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. I will drink this Christmas milk and wish you all 
Sweet. So uh, while he's taking his nap, uh, we will go and bring up Jason Albrick, AKA the one, the only Weasel Skull. Merry Christmas, Jason. Merry Christmas, Delvin. Ah, just getting settled in here. Hey, do you know Pat's out setting up decorations? Yeah. Does he know we had a show tonight? <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay. Don't Pat. worry. We we have Mary Jane guarding the door. She'll she'll sound the alarm just in case Pat comes in. Got it. We're good to okay. go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really have a bit tonight either. I, um, in all seriousness, you know, I I am a political science major. And I attended the Wakanda School of Diplomacy. So, mm. you know, I can handle any situation, de-escalate it by saying, F you, I'm the baddest, and I'm going to nuke your stupid underwater city. <laughs> See, I, um, you know, being African, being African-American, I speak pretty fluent Wakandan. And I think that meant peace to all worlds. I'm pretty yeah, sure. That's what I was talking about. Interesting exactly. rapper. It, yeah, it's peace, been put in. peace on earth and goodwill towards men. That's what that's that right. meant. That's right. <laughs> Rex, my uh, <laughs> Absolutely. And we've already heard his voice, but I have to give him a proper intro. Joining us today around the fireplace, besides not packed. It's John Ringer. You might know him from the AU Wishbone and White Rocket Podcast. John, welcome. Thank you, Devin. Good to be here. Very excited. It's good to have you. And I, I see you brought something there with you there. What, what do you have gift wrapped in that stocking? As you've heard in the, in the singing intro, today is Seven Defenders Defending, which means we're unwrapping... Defenders... Volume 1, issue number 84 from 1980, published by Marvel. So, if you're not familiar with the Defenders, here's a little bit of the history. You know, they weren't one of the, the, the original Marvel groups, but they were kind of formed by some big, powerful characters that got together. Doctor Strange, the Hulk, Namor, the Silver Surfer. There was a big group of powerful characters, and... They were kind of the core, and then over time, they broke away, and a bunch of other characters came and joined the Defenders, a rotating cast that literally included basically anybody that showed up in an issue as a Defender. <laughs> so it's a it's an open membership plan. So there are hundreds of people that actually were Defenders in their verbiage. But uh, the core group in a lot of like, future years, the Hawkeye was part of it. Valkyrie was part of it. There was a period with the Gargoyle. Um, the Hulk kind of came and went. Doctor Strange was there for a lot of that time. There were other characters that you know that cycled through at different points and, and contributed. And so you know, they were an a interesting supergroup, but they weren't the Avengers and they weren't the X-Men. They were different. You know, they had a different purpose and they had kind of a different mojo way of operating. You know, they over time they evolved. They, they the series became like the new Defenders, the Secret Defenders. That kind of stuff as different writers took over and they took the, the team in different directions. You know, some of the reasons that I love the book is I you know, grew up reading comics in the 1980s and uh, in the late 70s. And I would ride my bike, you know, to the store like a lot of kids and pick comics off the spinner rack and uh, the, the local drugstore, the one that I could get to on my bike. And so I was at the mercy of whatever they had in the spinner rack. And so a lot of times 
you know, I could, you know, sometimes I could get the new Avengers and X-Men and sometimes they had Defenders and I bought that. And so that's one of the reasons I liked it is because honestly, like that's what I could get at that time. I was more interested in team series than an individual hero series at that point. And so I really liked the Defenders, thought they were different. I was really interested in Doctor Strange and being part of that team. And they had, they seemed to have some kind of weirder members too, which I liked. I was kind of attracted to, and they didn't always play kind of the the normal hero straight and narrow role with each other and then how they reacted to everything. So I like that about the, I like that about the Defenders. So have any of you read any Defenders comics before? So I, I don't, I'm aware Pat is outside decorating, so we can, <laughs> we can, we can save his answer, but Jared, how about you? Have, before this episode, have you ever read any Defenders? Not really, not from this era. I got into the Defenders. I want to say the book came out again. Maybe Delvin can help me out here. Early two thousands, late nineties, maybe. The Defenders, like you know, they're keeping tight continuity on it, and they have to be at like volume twelve fifteen. <laughs> okay, there so have been a, a lot of Avengers reboots. I, yeah. I want to say it was early two thousands. I I was on that that version. Uh, I'm sort of like the mirror universe version of you, John. At this age, I was more into individual books. Like team books to me were just, there was just a little too much going on. I like to follow an individual story. But now as I've gotten older, these team books are something I've missed out on. So I'm really excited that you brought this. But so I guess the answer to your question is this era, this volume one of Defenders. Nope. I've never read one until preparation for the show. All right. Delvin, how about you? If you took... The first run, because this was like issue 80 something, it's like, oh, wow, a Defenders series can last like six and seven years. <laughs> Usually by the time it gets to about issue six or seven, it's like, well, final issue, everybody. <laughs> Big gulps. And in this case, so it was nice to see it had an extended run because I happen to know that Sleepwalker, the also famous character from the 90s. He was even in Secret at one point. I mean, they threw everybody up in there. But other than for the original run, no, I have not read it. What about you, Jason? It's not one that I read regularly, but actually probably about, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago, I was at the local library and they had a one of those um, collected editions of Defenders. And I don't remember what year it was. It, it was in the seventies somewhere. And I remember Valkyrie was in there, Dr. Strange and, and uh, some others. And I read that and uh, enjoyed it. I liked it, but not one that I read normally. Okay. A so, libra- library. Is that, what's that? Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. It's this place where, um, well, I can't go anymore. Cause I, I might've kept that book and it's so the late fees are so much now that it's a felony. So I can't really go back. All right. You can't go back for that and for what you've done on their internet computers. <laughs> That's right. They got some slow connections now. <laughs> we should probably give the show back to John. All right. Bringing it back. So on this particular issue, Defenders 84, one of the reasons I picked this is there's a great fight in this issue with Namor and the Black Panther. Right. So it's a cool episode that the Defenders come back from a previous adventure and they return basically uh, to Atlantis. Banner is put to sleep as the Hulk, and they're going to leave him there in the care of Namor. Meanwhile, Black Panther captures some Atlantean soldiers who have Wakanda technology, and he gets all upset about it, right? He's upset that the, they're stealing in his mind Wakanda technology, and he goes to Atlantis to deal with it. 
diplomatically, you, you know, diplomatically, like we know, again, your quotation marks are noted. Thank you. You know, he goes in, he, uh, he finds Banner asleep. He wakes him up, you know, he frees him, which you get good plan, right? Because mm-hmm. what, what could, what bad could happen? And <laughs> uh, with, with Bruce Banner's is not sedated. Then, you know, Banner basically tries to smash the walls of Atlantis and create a flood. <laughs> Again, Hulk undersea contained environment, bad plan, bad idea. <laughs> and and then it gets worse because he jumped, the Hulk jumps out of the ocean and Wakanda thinks it's an incoming nuclear weapon from Atlantis and they launch a nuclear strike back at Atlantis. So the Hulk perceived as an incoming ICBM. I like, I just like that visual of him. It's not the, far off though, depending on where yeah. he lands. Not off at all. That's that's fair. It's same effect in landing. And so again, the the Black Panther basically saves the day, and they keep Atlantis to be destroyed. But they're not going to be friends and sing, you know, uh, Christmas carols at the end of this one. So, but I like it because there's a good fight and uh, there's some cool characters in it. And I think it's a good representation of kind of the defenders, like things aren't always going to go the way they planned, maybe. So what did you think of this issue, Jason? I liked it. I thought it was interesting. It captured kind of the political feel, the zeitgeist, if you will, of the time. I like seeing Jimmy Carter as president. I thought that was funny. And it really did kind of speak to the turbulence of the times and the fear of nuclear weapons. So it was it was interesting to see that angle again. It's always really interesting to see Black Panther and Namor in the same book and how they react to one another. Both are monarchs, both are kings of their own lands. So I think that they captured that pretty well. And uh, there's a good bit of action and Finally, I thought the art was really spectacular. There were a lot of panels and a lot of dialogue, uh, and the artist worked around a lot of word balloons and crammed a lot of stuff into those panels and made it look good. So hats off to the artist as well. No, I, I like the Defender's art from this period is another thing. All right, uh, Delvin, how about you? Yeah, I looked at the artist of this book, and it was Don Perlin. And I know Don Perlin has gone across some of the Marvel Universe, but more importantly to me, he penciled a lot of Transformers. So it's interesting seeing him draw this book with nothing but humans as opposed to, you know, big bashing robots. And he did a good job. I like the story. What year was it dated? 1980. Still feels very timely, 40 plus years later, because it was one of those misunderstandings that could have turned into a really, really, really big to the point that it made the international scene. It was really well done. Like, I mean, they, I like this Namor, sort of. You know, he, he was still as brash and as arrogant as possible, but he actually did for about like four-tenths of a second try not to fight Black Panther to where he like swats at Black Panther, but Sally is just by binding him and then uh, Namor's like, you attacked me! Like, wait, what? <laughs> you you hit him, you hit him first. <laughs> you literally hit him first. He had every right to defend himself. But it also set up some really good history because even now, present day, Marvel Universe, Namor and Black Panther, mm-mm, mm-mm. it's like oil and water, may as well be. And it is just not a good combo. I mean, I believe Namor 
is one of the people who can successfully say that he took down Wakanda, which not many people can ever say. But yeah, good story, uh, big characters such as the Hulk. And it was also cool even just seeing that little bit of the side story because they're like, oh, we're going to be the new defenders. Because again, it's like, oh, wait. So that means they were old defenders. <laughs> so they had time to set up a team and a story arc and then it collapsed and came up. So all, all of it. I can't think of a bad thing to say about the issue. I just thought it was a very enjoyable read. Jared, what do you think? I didn't read it. Nah, I'm just kidding. Of course I read it. Man, it was, Jason's right. There was a lot of word balloons in there, man. I was like, it's, it's taking a while to get through. But that's kind of the glory of like 80s comics. Like that, I mean, even going back to the 60s, they're just, they're all about packing in as much story. If this issue was released today, this would be a six issue story arc. <laughs> you know it and I know it. They changed a lot of active stuff into one thing. Oh, back then. Yeah, they did. They did. And in a really the most glory, glorious ways. The art does feel so like cool and old school and timeless. Like if you had told me this was a 60s book, I would have believed you just because that's the way the art looked. It, it, and and that, that's a compliment. It just it just really took me back. Like you said, it's got a great fight in it. Like from the moment you sent me the selection and you just put that little footnote, Namor fights Black Panther. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, my. And uh, I was pretty jazzed about that. And I was jazzed to read a book that I had passed back in the day and to double back on. So I thought this issue was a lot of fun. I did like the Namor aspect of like, well, my generals have basically gone rogue and I don't support that. But then again, I gave them the freedom to make their own decisions. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess I got to show a bunch of bravado in front of the Panther, <laughs> you know, and then they were basically like two 80s breakdancers squaring off. Like, no one wants to back down and just be like, let's just talk about this. Oh, no. No, they were like, let's get after it. And kudos to the Black Panther for going toe-to-toe with a guy who, power-wise, is way out of his league. But using a lot of strategic maneuvers, as he tends to do, the Black Panther, to, uh, you know, leverage his own his own side of things. And then you throw that Hulk into the mix. Like, you never know what's going to happen. Like you said, when the Hulk contained underwater city... Oh, that city's getting sunk. You know it, and I know it. So there's just so much going on. So 80s, so great. As you can see, John, I'm jazzed about the book, and I'm glad you brought it. All right. So now it is time to rate your interest in the series using the official Crusademus Candy Cane scale on a scale of 1 to 12 candy canes, 12 being extremely interested, 1 being no interest at all. How many candy canes would you rate your interest in pursuing this title, Jason? So breaking it down to my usual humor, heart, spectacle, and art, giving the humor of this a one, there wasn't a lot of laugh-out-loud moments, but I don't know, I chuckled whenever the um, little Atlanteans had their masks <laughs> busted open and the water come out, and then it's game over, they're done, they can't can't survive on land, I thought that was funny. For the heart, I'm giving this one a two. I really thought that this was a little bit above average, there was a lot going on, uh, with all the characters, and it was really interesting, like we talked about, to see the dynamics between Black Panther and Namor. Spectacle, I'm giving this one an all-out three. I mean, we had, I mean, we had uh, some great fight scenes at the beginning on the island. We had some good, interesting underwater chase. We had underwater cities. We had the Hulk sinking said underwater cities, or flooding, I guess, technically, said underwater cities. And then, of course, we had the big brouhaha between the two main characters in the story. So full threes there. And then finally, the art. 
Uh, I'm going to give that one a three as well. I think the artist Perlin just does a stupendous job on whatever book he's in, but this one was looked challenging. I mean, I'm not an artist, but I think it would be hard uh, when you have so many main characters, so many supporting characters. You have underwater cities, underwater ships. Uh, you had interiors. Uh, you had uh, Doctor Strange's headquarters there. So there's just a lot for him to draw, and uh, it just looks good. I mean, every panel looks good. So, doing the math there, that is uh, three, five, seven, eight, eight candy canes. And then, of course, for your enthusiasm and just for being a nice guy, I'm going to land on nine candy canes for this one. All right. I like that. Jared. Okay, I have developed my own scale for this thing. It's called Laughter, Emotion, Excitement, and Drawings. Those are all just synonyms for Jason's categories. Anyway, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't do the categories, things like Jason. I just go with my gut. My gut tells me if it's a one, that means if I'm flipping through a quarter bin, I'm not even picking it up. If it's 12, I'm running out to eBay to buy the full run tomorrow. This one, I liked it a lot. I'm giving this, yeah, 10 candy canes, 10 out of 12 candy canes. This was a great pick, a great book. You know, it's just kind of funny because Defenders is a name that people in comics know, but I think there are a lot of people like us that haven't read a ton of Defenders, and it might be worth going to take a look. Also, big fan of Hellcat. She appeared a little bit in this issue, so... That was cool by me. Delvin, how many candy canes are you going to do to bring this home? I guess I'm the high person here for once. I'm usually like the conservative low, but I feel Ooh. like being, <laughs> I feel like being high here. I'm going to go 11 because I sort of using what you said, if I am at a dollar bin or below and I see some defenders from that first run, I'm picking them up. Yep. Because yep. if, if the stories are like this, this was not like, you know, issue 100. This wasn't, you know, 75 or 50. This was 83. And in 80, issue 83, random issue, you had Namor and Black Panther plus the Hulk about to bring the world to nuclear war. Dang. Like, okay. This is, <laughs> what, what the heck can you say about that? That is freaking phenomenal. And that was just, you know, an average book. And of course, Don Perlin's artwork did not I heard on it at all. I'm getting a new appreciation for his artwork uh, in Transformers. And so it's nice to see him uh, draw the uh, traditional uh, comic book characters. I just enjoy the heck of it. And I will keep Defenders on my mind as a book to pick up when uh, we do that or when I go to a comic book uh, shop and do some dumpster or, or some uh, dollar bin diving. I approve. Excellent. I'm glad y'all enjoyed it. It's nice that. To hear that I picked something that y'all hadn't read and enjoyed, I appreciate that. Again, I think it's a fun series. And again, there's a, a rotating cast of characters over time. It's not the same locked-in people, so I think that's nice, too. You can kind of browse and look at who the, the members of the team are, make your decisions about, do I like, do I want to see an episode with these people, right? You like I like I like Valkyrie and Hellcat. They're good in these two. And, you know, Doctor Strange, Namor, they're interesting. The original group, here's one last little thing for you to think about. The original group, was so powerful that there was actually a prophecy that they couldn't keep working together or in the world or whatever. So they, the original core team uh, that was like Silver Surfer, Doctor Strange, Hulk, and Namor, they they had to go their separate ways, and they could they couldn't all be together in the group all the time. That kind of makes sense. That is a very powerful foursome. It is. What could they? What would worry that foursome really? Not really any. I mean, like if they want to get Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four is taking an L. Yeah. <laughs> that will wrap up day seven of the 12 days of Crusademus. 
We'd love to hear from you if you're familiar with any of the comics we cover here on the show, or if you give one of our recommendations a try. Let us know what you think about it. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Longbox Crusade. You can email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. And if you're loving Crusademus and didn't get a chance to listen last year or just want to hear more Crusademus, if you scroll far enough back in our feed, you can find all the episodes from Crusademus Past from 2020, 2019, 2018, or even 2017. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what the next gift is from under the tree here in the festively decorated long box crusade studio until then dj cristados play one of my favorite not not he he doesn't know i got this one not please play one of my favorite christmas songs take us out wiki 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 wow (laughs) (laughs) all right let's hear your version of pat's outro wiki 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 wiki
All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Guess I'll be stuck up here until the guys are done recording and someone can come find me. Man, it's getting kind of cold up here. I better put on one of those blankets that Jason brought up here from Sean's old room. Oh, that's better. What's in this box over here? Wow, it's an old Walkman that Jarrett found from a yard sale. And there's a few Lombax Crusade CD samplers that we handed out one year. I wonder if that Walkman works. It does. I'm going to put the CD in and take a listen to some of these old Lombax Crusade and other shows on the network's episodes. Hello there and welcome to your Longbox Crusade CD sampler. I'm Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Christatos, and I'm the founder of the Longbox Crusade Podcast Network. I want to thank you for giving this CD sampler a try. Whether it's our main Man, show, that should bring Longbox back some Crusade, good old or memories. some of our spinoffs like Crusader Chronicles or Saturday Matinee Theater, we hope you enjoy the fun-loving atmosphere we try to bring to every Christmas show. To give you a quick idea of what our shows are about, I'd like to introduce you to the co-hosts of our show, starting with Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Row. Tell them about the main show, Jared. We'll do, Pat. The Longbox Crusade is our deep dive into single issues randomly picked from Pat's collection. We'll cover the time period by cover date that the issue is from, with segments looking at world news events, movies, and music of the bygone era represented by each issue. Thanks, Jared. And next is Delvin Williams, a.k.a. Dark Web. Crusader Chronicles is a chronological journey through Pat's long boxes, starting with his oldest comics, and then going month by month, reviewing his comic collection, coming to go on a Each episode will look at what comic or comics Pat has for the subsequent month, and we will review and rate the issues on cover art and overall entertainment level. Sure. 